Good morning. Happy Monday, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Visions for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Monday, July 31st, and today we are reading in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter Into Action on page 76, the third paragraph. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, Meg F., Becky K., Jody E.Q., Sydney S., and Maggie S. The reference number for yesterday's Sunday, July 30th special edition is 10221. That's 10221. And for this morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Vision for You meeting, 10222. 10222. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Sydney S. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Sydney. Good morning. This is Sydney S., a compulsive overeater from Virginia. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Here are the steps as adapted for Overeaters Anonymous. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. But I'm too weak. I'll never make it. Don't worry. Oh. We have all thought. Oh, do I not read that? Nope. That's good, Sydney. We'll stop at the 12th step. Thank okay. you, though. Okay. Thank you for letting me read. Okay. Thanks, Sydney. Okay. I'm now going to ask for Maggie F. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Maggie. Good morning. This is Maggie S. in Springwater, New York, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. 
Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for letting me do service. Thanks, Maggie. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask you to keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators, that's what I'm doing, is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request, again, that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. And if you can avoid a speaker phone, that would be great too. Today we resume our study in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter Into Action on page 76, the third paragraph, and I'm going to ask Meg F. to get us started. Go ahead, Meg. Good morning, Amy, and thank you for your service. Thank you all for being here. Meg F. from Northern California, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Now we need more action, without which we find that faith without works is dead. Let's look at steps eight and nine. We have a list of all persons we have harmed and to whom we are willing to make amends. We made it when we took inventory. We subjected ourselves to a drastic self-appraisal. Now we go out to our fellows and repair the damage done in the past. We attempt to sweep away the debris which has accumulated out of our effort to live on self-will and to run the show ourselves. If we haven't the will to do this, we ask until it comes. Remember, it was agreed at the beginning that we would go to any lengths for victory over alcohol. Good morning. So it's Meg F. here commenting on this paragraph, and I kind of choked up this morning and not sure where I'm at. <clears throat> Pretty big step. Um, I turned 58 this week, and I did my first real eight and nine steps when I was 20. And it was, a, it was so long ago, and it was so um, deeply moving. And what I want to share about that is that I, um, one of the character defects that came up, this is how it sort of felt to me by eight and nine, was I was so little. But what came up for me was um, I was needy. That was the number one um, character defect that I was needy. And I remember this woman named Mary, probably, you know, twice my age, said, um, Meg, maybe you just had needs. Maybe maybe you just had needs. So that was sort of how I approached eight and nine. It was like definitely yesterday with my twenty year old, I can see that I have a lot of self will and I'm trying to run the show and I had three kids in my house this week who were looking like they could use a little bit of help, and I was feeling a little out of sorts, like maybe uh, they weren't quite doing it how I wanted it, and I was controlling. And it was not a great day yesterday. But when I think of eight and nine, I think about how I've lived my whole life, essentially, uh, two-thirds of it, knowing, oh, I don't want to make that mess, I don't want to make that mess. And even as of yesterday, like I haven't seen the girls this morning yet. Um, I know that I had a part in it, and I want to make sure I'm better at it, and I want to be more listening and less concerned about things that scare me that 20-year-olds do. You know, like I want to be more 
giving and listening to what it is that they do and, and that they need. I um, I definitely had the list of having been a waitress, gained 30, 30 pounds on that job, which meant I certainly ate food I didn't um, pay for, um, even though I did pay for a lot of it. Also, I, I was always sort of <clears throat> money ethical. It wasn't really like my big thing at all, but I... Um, I was mean and aggressive and upset there. I was depressed, and I went back to apologize for how uh, miserable I had been while I had been waiting tables for him before he fired me, which was an um, interesting interesting time. Um, sad and interesting. He was very kind to me. So I've definitely gone back to people and walked in with my little wallet and my head in my part of my hands and apologized. I, I did all those things. I just did them so long ago. And now in my life, I find that I really have, I can walk anywhere in my town. I can walk anywhere in my world. I have five siblings. I have all of their families and children and, and kids. And my, and my niece came over and we all, well, Chip did and helped her buy a little house. And we're just all together. It's sort of a very lovely, open honest, really frank experience that we just have with each other. And we fight and we don't. So I think it's all been a good time of mine. Thank you to really use this step. And I appreciate the ability to share this morning. Thanks. Bye for now. Thank, Thank you, Meg. Okay. Who would like to share on what was read? Thank you, Shannon. Donnie, Okay, you guys need to start again. You talked at the same time. I didn't get anybody. Go ahead, please. Becky K. Oh, Becky. All right, I got you, Becky. Shawnee S. Shauna S. Did you say? Shawnee B. Shannon. And Shannon S. Okay, so Shannon. And then there was someone else. Shawnee B. Shawnee B. Okay. Anybody else? Ashley P. Ashley P. Yes. <clears throat> okay. I've got Becky K, Shannon F, Shawnee B, and Ashley P. You are up, Becky. Go ahead. Oh, thank you, Amy, for your service. Good morning, everyone. I'm Becky K, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Maryland. Oh, I love where it says faith without works is dead. You know, we do need to have a lot of faith. That's part of our journey towards the spiritual awakening. Um, But we have a lot of work to do. And the work is work. And I, I love what it says on page 58, which it kicks off the whole chapter of how it works. So when... When we say faith without works is dead, well, if I want to know what I got to do to work, I go to page 58 and it says, rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. So what does that mean? We, I have to work hard and follow the path of the steps, traditions, the principles, the whole big book, what it tells me. And, and I have a series of tools that can help me. But I, there were many times when I first came to the program, I didn't want to work hard. You know, the big book says we want an easier, softer way. I remember working with a sponsor saying, oh, well, do I really have to do that? You know, the physical allergy of the body says I have to put down the sugar and not eat it. Well, do I really have to do it? Can I eat this with sugar in it? No. So we have to, rear, you know, we have to, we have to follow the steps, the traditions, and if we want to get rid of this physical allergy of the body, we need to put the sugar down. Now, is that easy? Oh, no, it's not easy. Um, but it says right there in the same paragraph, we agreed to go to any lengths. And, and going to any lengths requires some hard work. You know, um, I love watching like the Olympics and you see these runners, okay? Well, they don't just run the the marathon or, or the Olympic event. They have to practice. They work hard every single day. And I have to do that. That's why I go to meetings because I have to be continually reminded what I need to do. 
and and the work the work is that I do have to go to any length to 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 get what works. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Becky. Shannon F, it's your turn. Shannon, press star one. Good morning. This is Shannon F, recovered in New York. Can I be heard? Yes, go ahead. Great. Thank you, Amy, for your service, and I, I thank everybody for, for being here and, and for the shares. Um, this is such a powerful paragraph right here. Um, you know, I love uh, that that famous quote, you know, faith without works is dead. Um, so much in my life, um, I said I had quote-unquote faith, and it was just all in my head, and I didn't have the action to, to back it up. So was that really faith? Um, so here, um, I love, you know, steps four through nine because they're all about action. And so, you know, I could write out my inventory and I could share it with my sponsor and I could say that I was willing to have the defects removed and ask God to remove them. But then um, for me, you know, the rubber met the road in steps eight and nine. Um, it was very interesting because as I wrote out my inventory, the people that I felt harmed me the most those were the individuals that I could most um, quickly and easily identify the most harms that I had done to them. And um, there were a few people on there that um, for a little while I was not willing to make amends to. And then actually having to go to that person and um, make that, that face-to-face amends was um, so scary to me, but was also so freeing. Um, and um, I, I also loved just the, the, the talk about sweep away the debris. And I think about a street cleaner, right? You know, it goes along one side of the street and it um, it sweeps away that side of the street and um, it just keeps that street clear. And so my responsibility is to keep my side of the street clear. You know, the, the big book clearly says that even if somebody slams the door in your face, as long as you've made the amends and cleared your side of the street, you've done your part. So it's not dependent on anybody else. It's just dependent on me. Um, and, you know, so many people, I could ident- I could say, well, they wronged me and, and they did this and they did that. And um, until I was really challenged to do that fourth column, I would have told you I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. But it was all about that self-will and that I was um, I was always trying to run the show. And whenever I do that, I always get into harming people. Um, this past week, I was um, away with, with my kids, and I was trying to run the show. And um, maybe I didn't yell and scream at anybody, and maybe it was harder to measure how I had wronged people. But just being in that place, my mindset, my attitude, I give off a very different vibe. Um, and here, you know, we agree to go to any length. So, um, you know, I was the queen of take what you like and leave the rest. And so I would try to work the program or do anything, um, on my terms again in that self-will. And so here, oh, thank you. Um, I'll just wrap up with this. And so here I just need to follow these simple directions and then I will get recovery, but I can't pick and choose. I have to do it as outlined in this book. And I'm so grateful that I did. Thank you so much. And I passed. Thank you, Shannon. Shawnee B, it's your turn. Hi, it's Shawnee B, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Southern New Jersey. Um, steps eight and nine, you know, as I was going through the steps, I was really fearful to get to the um, to step nine. I knew that there were people that I harmed that I really owed an amends to. Um, you know, these, these and I saw very clearly how how these past mistakes that I've made really were blocking me from living a, a free life. And I knew that I had to do them, but I was so full of fear. And how lucky I was that, you know, steps eight and nine come after the the fourth step inventory. And, um, and those were definitely on my fear inventory. And I was able to see how, um, you know, self-reliance was really um, not working for me. And I needed to trust and rely on my higher power. And that's what I had to do when I approached step nine. I had to trust. I had to trust all those people that came before me that said that 
you know, you do this and, and you'll be free. And I wanted to be free. And I had to remind myself that, that I did agree at the beginning that I was willing to go to any length for victory over my compulsive overeating. Um, how, you know, how quickly I forgot, though, as, as I was moving through the steps and having this um, spiritual awakening that really was of the educational variety, as I was going through the steps, I really um, felt more and more of a connection to my higher power. Um, but, but you know what? These were, these were really those last two steps that, that were completely blocking me. And, um, and I just dove headfirst into it, and I asked God to help me. I knew that I couldn't do this by myself. I, I can't do anything by myself. I need him by my side. So I took him in with me into those meetings, which were really scary. Um, but I confronted, I confronted my fears um, with God's help. I spoke to the people that I needed to. And and it's amazing to be able to go in to go anywhere on this earth because I am not afraid to to look at these people anymore. There were there were people there that I that I would cross the street if I saw them. I did not want to look them in the eye because of what I've done. And um, I'm so grateful for these steps to be able to live a life without worrying about what I've done is incredibly freeing and, and enables me to have this joyous life that I'm living in and I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Shawnee B. Ashley P, it's your turn. Hi, this is Ashley P, recovered in Northern California. Can I be heard? Yes, please go ahead. Great. Thanks. Um, yeah, so I I really love this paragraph, and it, it makes me think of um, driving in the car probably uh, like a year and a half ago, and it was when I was thinking about coming back into program, and I, I realized that um, if I came back into program, that I could work the steps, and I could, um, I could make amends, and um, I just remember being so profoundly, like, hopeful and um just touched by the idea that there were all of these people that I finally like say I'm sorry to and and that this was really going to give me the the chance to do that and I think probably my first couple months in program like these these steps were my higher power um it's really what what got me through um and, and really got me partially desperate enough to, to do everything. Um, and I remember um, getting on my knees in my childhood bedroom and, and praying for the willingness um, to, to change. And, and when that, that willingness came, one of the, the biggest things that I realized was that um, I could apologize and the amends process would mean something because um, there was some insurance that I wouldn't go back to the exact same person that I was and that all of those mistakes and, and all of those hurts and all of those um, sort of windy roads that I had taken, um, but it all wasn't happening because really if you apologize but nothing changes in in your behavior and, and you just decide to apology again it doesn't really mean anything um so what i love about steps and I love ashley about ashley hon you're breaking up a bit here we're having trouble following oh. you oh you're kind okay. of going in and out oh can you hear me i can hear you now yes okay oh okay uh well i was just going to say what i love about um the steps and what i love about program is that um, it's like the amends process, maybe that actual apology, that face-to-face -face apology happens once, but it's really this process that happens every day because it, the steps change who I am. And um, if I apologize to somebody for not being reliable or not being honest, um, then the daily work and the living amends is that I become a reliable and honest, um, forthright person um, who and know, now tries I have to, to think of time. others. It's okay. He tries to think about others before mm -hmm. myself. Um, so it's it's this lifelong process, and 
and that's a miracle. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Great, Ashley. Thank you so much. Okay, who else would like to share on what was read? Please chime in. Anybody out there? I'm sorry, someone spoke, but I didn't get that name. It was muted. I mean, uh, muffled. Kathleen O. Kathleen. Got Jody EQ. Jody. Sherry KB. Sherry. I'm going to put myself in there, too. Sherry KB. Anybody else? Reggie O. Reggie. Okay. Um, we've got Kathleen O, Jody EQ, Sherry KB, Amy G, Reggie O. All right. Let's go, Kathleen O. <laughs> turn. Thank you, Amy. Good morning, everyone. This is Kathleen O, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in California. And faith without works is dead. So, you know, I realized if I had faith, my higher power was going to help me do this work because step eight and nine, it's the end of the into action steps. And for me, were the most challenging and a little scary to do steps. Um, You know, I had stepped on a lot of toes and um, I needed to make amends to those people. And there were some that I was just not willing to do. And I knew I needed to do it, but I wasn't willing to do it. (laughs) So I had to become willing to be willing. And that's where the miracles of the program happened because, um, you know, some of the things that happened where I was able to make these amends was truly God doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. And, um, you know, it's, it's really, it was just so incredibly amazing. Um, I went into my amends knowing that I wasn't to say anything about the other person's part because that's not what this was about. It was about me cleaning up my side of the street and just saying what my part was. And I have to say that, you know, people were very grateful, very gracious. I mean, people who I thought would not be gracious were incredibly gracious. And and that was a miracle. And, you know, there was, there was one amend that... Um, I was not able to make, the person didn't want me to make it, and I did write them a letter. Um, And I think I would have done it differently. Um, I was told at the time to say, you know, I'm in a 12-step program, and, and, um, you know, part of it is is making amends. And I think that person kind of felt like I was, like, just doing the duty. Okay, now I could, you know, wipe my hands clean and be done. And so I think if I had to do it differently with that person, I wouldn't have done it that way. I would have just called her and said, you know, I really, I really need to talk to you about something. I know I did some harm to you and, and not come from like, oh, this is something I have to do. And I think I must have come across that way. Anyway, that person was the only one that, that wouldn't um, accept it and never responded to my letter. Um, and I was also told to go through, you know, my list in step four and write down anyone who, if I saw, I would want to turn and go in the other direction and not see them. But if I saw them in a store, I would immediately move away from them because I wouldn't want them to see me. Those are those were people that I had amends to make to. And and it is like someone had mentioned earlier, it's so nice to be able to see people, run across people that, you know, I had harm to have forgiven me. And we have really great relationships now and it's just really incredible. So this is a really important step and it's um you know, it's a step that's going to, if I make these amends, it's going to stop me from continuing to do this stuff over and over again. You know, I think twice before I, I stick my foot in my mouth or say something I shouldn't be saying or doing something I shouldn't be doing. Time. Then, you know, okay, thank you. I pass. Thanks, Amy. Thanks, Kathleen. Jody EQ, your turn. Thank you very much, Amy. This is Jody EQ, gratefully recovered in Arizona this morning. So I'm going to focus in on step eight here. There's just three sentences about it, 
we have a list of all persons we have harmed and to whom we are willing to make amends, we made it when we took inventory. We subjected ourselves to a drastic self-appraisal. Now, if you're new, you may be wondering how your list of people that you have a resentment towards or your list of fears or your list of your sex conduct would automatically mean that you owe an amends to all of those people. Well, when it comes to resentments, I know for myself, when I resent somebody, it's because they're not following my script and there is selfishness involved. They're not doing things my way. I'm the actor who wants to run the show and the rest of the players are not uh, behaving as I would like them to. And chances are I'm going to step on their toes to try to make them behave as I would like them to. When it comes to my fears, as was pointed out earlier, when it comes to my fears, I'm relying not on God, but on myself. I'm, again, I'm trying to manage my life the way I think it needs to go. And again, when I'm not relying on God and I'm relying on myself, I'm very likely to step on people's toes, trying to get my needs met. And when it comes to my sex conduct and other harms done, that's perhaps a little bit more obvious. Although, maybe not. Maybe I was abused sexually as a child. How do I owe that person an amends? Uh, Maybe I don't owe them a direct amends, but... uh, Again, this is something to be discussed with my sponsor and to be done in order, steps one through eight. So I don't do this step eight um, without having done steps four or five, all the previous steps, and certainly not step nine, and without a lot of consultation with my sponsor and prayer. So I just wanted to um, bring a little focus onto step eight there. Thank you. Thank you, Jody EQ. Sherry KB. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, everybody. <clears throat> this is Sherry KB in Northern California. Great for recovered compulsive eye reader. Thank you so much for your service and good morning, everybody. Good Monday morning. Step eight and nine. We're just getting into the actions, the action steps here. Um, in this paragraph, you know, we're talking about eight and nine. And so the first thing I see is that we are willing to make the amends. And so that willingness is so important uh, because if we don't go ahead with this, we have a warning. We start getting into not we have prayers and promises, but we also have warnings. And this is the first warning that's going to come up that says, remember, it was agreed at the beginning we would go to any lengths for victory over alcohol. That's the first warning in this. There's actually three in, in here. Um and so I know that for me, uh, there were some things that um, I had a hard time putting um, my some people on the list on the eighth step because I knew that meant that I was going to have to go make an amends. And I just, at that time, you know, it reminded me to pray for the willingness. And it says right here that if we haven't the will to do this, we ask until it comes. And that's a little prayer there. So, you know, I have prayed for the willingness to be willing to do something, and I've seen results happen for myself. Um, One in particular that I think of is that my loved one had done a lot of harm, and, you know, it so got filtered about, well, he did this, and he did that, and he did this, and he did that, and the hee-hees, as somebody calls it. And, um, you know, what I came to was is that I was renting so much space in my head and I kept asking myself, how free did I want to be? And what I, I realized is that, you know, it's easier for me to see what someone else has done to me than what I have done to them. And sometimes what I've done to them is withheld. Or I have, you know, done a lot of um, things in my head, not necessarily the actions I've taken. And as I've done this work, I've really realized a lot of stuff that I've thought about in my head counts as well. It's not just the actions, but it's what I've thought in my head. So what was amazing to me is that I didn't know when I was going to make this amends to my loved one. And it was almost as if my higher power was right there with me and opened my mouth. And next thing I know, I was making the amends. 
and that just blew me away because it came very um, easily. It surprised me. I didn't know that was going to happen at the time, and I totally felt like my higher power is right there. And what a relief because I don't have to make any of these amends without my higher power. And I also suggest, too, that when there's some heavy-duty ones is that, you know, talk to other fellows in the program, get their experience, strength, and hope, and and then the re- the rest, most of the results ends up with you and your higher power decision, and that's where it needs to be for me, and that I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sherry KB. My name's Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. You know, in my humble opinion, this is this paragraph on page 76 is just the start of what we're going to be talking about for basically seven pages. I mean, we don't get to step 10 until page. Um, 80, 84, I think it is, and 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 after this, we're going to get into the promises as well. After step eight and nine, and then we're going to stop talk about step ten. So to me, this paragraph, like others have said, this is the beginning where they're going to say, "Wait a minute, you know, four and five is done, but we've got a list here now, and what are we going to do with this list? It's requiring more action. And oh, by the way, just in case you're balking, because that's what it talks about. This this paragraph always reminds me of the chapter. And how it works on page 58 in the beginning, it says that some of these steps we balked, we thought we could find an easier, softer way. Well, I don't know about you all, but the balking certainly came around at steps eight and nine for me. And and it's saying here, look, it's going to require more action and we have to be willing to go to any length. And what do those lengths mean? It means that I needed to be rigorously honest, rigorously honest in my inventory and creating of this list, of putting people down on that list that I was also terrified of making amends to. And then open-minded and trusting in those who had gone before, like my sponsor and others who had made terrifying amends, that it could be done and that I could trust and have faith in a higher power to do that. And then willingness. Willingness to do what? Willingness to take action. You know, every action is born in thought. And for me, (laughs) my thought was to not have thought. It was to put that list in front of my sponsor and say, tell me what I'm supposed to do here. Who should I make amends to? I mean, I did this in conjunction with a sponsor who could guide me objectively, based on the process we had gone through thus far for the first six, seven, and uh, through one through seven, and then this list, to take a look at where an amends was appropriate. And that's where we have the next three or four pages going on here about when is it appropriate, who is it appropriate to make it to, how are we to make it, so that we can do it in a manner that doesn't injure ourselves or them and that we're supposed to be hard on ourselves and easy on others, and we make those amends. And, wow, when we do that, here come the promises on page 83. So this is a program of action, but an action that gives results, freedom, peace of mind, a life beyond our wildest imagining, and most of all, freedom from this disease. And with that, I'll pass. Uh, Reggie O., it's your turn. Please go ahead. Hey, this is Reggie. Oh, good morning, Amy, and I'm gratefully recovered here in the Los Greater Los Angeles area. Uh, wow, this is a really, really powerful paragraph. And when I read it this morning before the uh, <clears throat> before our meeting, that really stood out for me. Even though I've read it many times, um, uh, faith without works is dead. And uh, so that means action. Faith without works, works means action. And you know, at the end of step. Three, um, when we turned our will and our made a decision to turn our will and our lives over and said the prayer and realized that we were actually ready to do that in our lives, it says then we set out on a course of vigorous action, which was uh, uh, our fourth and fifth step, you know, making a list of all people we had harmed, uh, well, making a list of our resentments, fears, and sex inventory and, and looking at what our part in that was so that then in eight and nine here, uh, after being willing to let go of your character defects and in uh, six and seven, asking that they be removed, then I get to really start to repair the harms done in the past. And I, too, as I've heard a couple of people say this morning, there have been times in my life that I have just, I've had this deep desire that I could walk down any street and any part of the world, country, my own town, or hometown, and 
uh, and feel like I could walk, you know, look someone in the eyes and say hello and be cordial, you know, to them. Because I used to, long before I came into program, I did used to hide. I mean, I would literally cross the street, you know, and hide so I wouldn't have to meet people, you know, with some self-consciousness that was that was overlaying a, a lot of, you know, a lot of what comes up and out in these steps. When I um, uh, when I did the steps this time and I'd done them before, uh, there was there was one amends that I um, there was one one uh, amends that I needed to make that I had not made and it was over thirty years old and it was one that I really never thought that I could face making. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. Uh, sometimes it would be on my amends list when I would do the steps. Sometimes it wouldn't be because I either forgotten about it, really thinking that I would or never could do it. And uh, you know, and then I then I did the steps here in vision and. Uh, and you know, and I got that I got that phrase, "How free do you want to be?" And I really didn't, you know. And there's always a hiding out when I'm not facing up. There's always a hiding out, and I just haven't wanted to hide anymore. So that amends went on my amends list, and it it was the last amends that I made, <clears throat> and it was the amends during which I had the spiritual experience, and I actually had the experience that God would and could do for me what I couldn't do for myself if I was willing, you know, if I was really willing to go to any length. And uh, and it happened on that amends because, you know, it took a while to get in touch with this person and make contact. And and, uh, and then it, it happened, and I knew I could make the call, and I didn't think I could make it. Tried to get in touch with my sponsor, couldn't get in touch, and I just got down on my knees and just prayed, you know, just show me. I didn't even know what I would say. I knew what the amends was, but I didn't know what I would say. And uh, and I called and I got them, and it was really one of the most beautiful, incredible experiences of my life. Uh, to, and to be free, you know, to be free from that, uh, it was just absolutely amazing, you know. And it's it just it's it's a it's a good reminder for me, you know. I carried that around for thirty plus years. It impacted so much. I don't carry that around anymore, and uh, and that's true with everything, you know. This and from here forward, we we keep it clean, so we don't have to go back and do this. So, ever grateful for these steps, and right now, steps eight and nine, and the freedom they bring. Thanks. Thank you, Reggie. We have time for a few more folks. Carrie S. This is Sue. Carrie S. Sue G. Sue G. Yes. Uh, maybe John K. I think that's about all we're going to get. So, uh, yeah, I think that's about all we're going to get in there. So uh, let's go with Carrie S. It's your turn. Good morning. This is Carrie S. Gratefully recovered and free from food addiction in Golden, Colorado. And I'm just so grateful. This book is just coming alive. And it is... Um, it's amazing for me that um, that I have the willingness to even get on this line this morning. So I'm grateful to um, a dear friend for encouraging me. Um, I just have so much enthusiasm and excitement around trying to share this message. And for me, the step, it really, um, when I first came into program five years ago, I did the steps as a, you know, on the wall, so to speak. You know, I was and I had read nine, and I'm like, I have an amend to make. I stole, you know, probably $2,000 worth of money from a shop that I used to work at. And, you know, so I went to I went to my sponsor. I think I was on step two, and I looked at her, and I said, you know, I'm ready. I'm, real, I'm entirely ready to, to, to figure out how I'm going to pay this money back. How do I do this? And she just looks at me and says, well, there's a reason we do the steps in order. And so we'll get there. Don't you worry. Uh, I finally got around to my, my ninth step. And um, as it says on page 83, right before the promises, you know, we should be sensible, tactful, considerate, and humble without being servile or scraping. And I had to have that attitude. The big book tells me I have to have this humble attitude and so I went to the owner of the shop and I sat with her. It was so uncomfortable. And I told her how I stole money out of her drawer. And she just looked at me and she said, you know, 
I'm so grateful you're on this path. Thank you so much. And at the end of the night support, it tells us we have to ask, you know, is there anything I can do for you? She just looked at me with this heartfelt openness and said, stay on your path. Keep, keep carrying this message. Somebody's unmuted. And I just, I just felt like my heart crack open. And, and I've been experiencing the promises since then. And that's what it tells us. We get through step nine. And, um, and I'm just so, so grateful to be able to, you know, share on the line that this does work, you know, and we are God's agents. It's our job to, to share this message that, that we have this book and it is direct instructions you know, that, that I can be enthusiastic at my face-to-face meetings. I can have my big book on my lap. And um, so with that, I pass things. Thank you so much, Carrie S. Sue G., your turn. Did you say Sue? I did say Sue. Go ahead. You, I was unmuting. Thank you, Amy, for your service. Um I've heard that the keystone of growth is pain, and I certainly learned a lot of um, growth from doing one of my eight steps. Probably, well, it's not been that many years ago, but it was regarding someone in the program, and uh, at the time, it's been many, it's probably been 20 20 plus years ago, um, I felt she had really hurt me in a place that I was very vulnerable. And she turned around at this, you know, within a very short time and had someone send me a note, passed me a note that said, story. And I was still really um, relatively new in the program and was smarting quite a bit. And I just, you know, it, I hadn't worked through, hadn't had a chance to even recover from the insult. Uh, but for the next 20 years, uh, I just felt just such rejection from her covertly and overtly. And I, in, my, you know, in my mind of knowing what everybody is thinking at all times, I decided, well, it must be because of that that I didn't accept her um, amends. And it was a very good lesson for me to make sure that I know my motives are very clear and pure when I enter an eighth and ninth step. Uh, my sponsors uh, up to that point weren't sure whether or not I owed her an amends. But, you know, in my mind, the spiritual giant that I thought I was, I was sure that I needed to, to make an amends to her. Um, it didn't go well, needless to say. She couldn't remember the incident at all, and then she wanted more information, and I felt like it was, you know, even though I was trying to make it as very simple with at least the least amount of words possible, I felt like she became angry. So probably did more harm than good. Um, and in the end, I realized that it was really my selfish, self-seeking motive that was wanting this person that, you know, would have been one in a million maybe in a room that didn't like me. I couldn't stand the fact that she seemed to be rejecting me. You know, I learned a lot from that. It was it was very pain, a very painful experience for me. I did clean up my side of the street, but it was, you know, at a very selfish cost, I think. So now, you know, since then I've really realized that I need to make sure that when I'm doing an amends, it's really something that um, so, to someone that I've really harmed and not just because I need to feel better. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sue Jean. John K., take us out, please. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, my name is John, <clears throat> John Kiernan, recovered compulsive overeater in uh, Los Angeles. Um you know, this sentence where it says, you know, we haven't the will to do this, we ask uh, until it comes. You know, I think this sentence is important, but in some ways I, it does what I always warn my sponsees against, and that's conflating uh, steps eight and nine a bit. Uh, I always love to point out the sponsees that there are 12 discrete steps. I personally believe that they're there, and, and you know, for a reason, that they're, you know, they're literally one leads to the other to do the other that's what i love about the steps there's an absolute perfect flow in my opinion and i know when i talk to my sponsors about the fourth step i say you know the fourth step is one you you have to make with no eye about who you're going to share it with or you won't do it right and i think the same is sort of true with step eight and step nine i need to get that list to be as thorough as possible without any eye toward am i ever going to actually make this amends but to get that list as thorough as possible then we can deal later with that. And, you know, if you've done a good fourth step, 
Uh, a lot of those people uh, are already going to be there. It always cracks me up when I hear somebody say, oh, uh, I did my fourth and fifth step, and then we, I burned it. I'm like, well, I hope you got the list out of there because you need that for later. <laughs> and uh, uh, somebody's unmuted, I think, by the way. Um, Sorry, uh, that was but, me laughing. Sorry, John, okay. that was me laughing at no, you. Sorry. No, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Um, uh, but, you know, um, I, I also got to have to say I believe this – step is the one I need my sponsor's help with the most, you know, that left to my own devices, I will vacillate between wanting to put down, you know, like the ant I stepped on in the eighth grade, uh, and then leave off people I had real serious demands to do because, and want, want to use that wonderful except when to do so would injure them or others uh, loophole, you know, and I need to be, uh, I need to have help on that to pull it down. And I know when I've gone over sponsees list, you know, a lot of us to remind, this is about amends. It's about, it's about who did I harm that I need to make amends to and not, you know, people who I had just negative thoughts about. I can't walk up to somebody and say, you know, I thought you were an idiot my whole life, <laughs> you know, but never mentioned it. But just to look at that. And, and I just think it's so important. And, um, yeah, I, I just I didn't have a huge amount to, to add on that today. I just wanted to just sort of remind and just to remind myself as much as anything that there's there's twelve discrete steps, and I think doing this list with with an eye toward giving it away is going to tend to make me want to self censor. And this is about getting it all out. Uh, and I'll just I'll add this opportunity to talk about this later on the next step, but. Uh, I was taught early on to, to divvy up that list when I get ready to make amends into three kinds, which is the ones I'm willing to make right away. Uh, the second group is ones I'm not willing to make amends to yet. And the third group being no way in hell I'm going to make this amends. And then what I you find is they start to slowly percolate up. The ones, as you as you do them, you start to say the ones that I, I'm not ready yet, I'm ready to, and the ones, no way in hell, maybe I'll move to up. So that's why it's so important to make this thoroughly and without any eye towards step nine. And with that, I pass. Great. Thank you so much, John Kay. And we're going to wrap up the meeting. I'd, I'd like to thank everyone so much who was shared. I'm sorry I couldn't get to everyone. Hopefully you'll share tomorrow or uh, the 7 a.m. meeting or the 10 a.m. meeting tomorrow. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Becky Kay, could you read that for us, please? Yes, thank you, Amy. This is Becky Kay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Com recovered Compulsive Overeater in Maryland. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something that you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of, some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. <laughs>